Would you turn to uh, Psalm 37, please? We're not going to stay there, but I want to just give some background on what I spoke about a few weeks ago. Psalm 37. Verse 4. So last time I ministered the word to you, I, I used this scripture as the backbone and foundation of my message. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. That word delight meant find pleasure and satisfaction in the Lord, in all that the Lord is, all that the Lord has done, all that the Lord is doing, and all that the Lord will do. And um, I mentioned a few necessary conditions for God to grant us the desires of our heart. The first thing I talked about was the desires of our heart have to be aligned with God's will for us. If they're not aligned with God's will for us, then they're not going to be met by God. They might be met by us, but they're not going to be met by God. And I use the example of Nehemiah. When he heard that the walls of Jerusalem were broken down, God put in his heart a desire to go back and build the walls. So Nehemiah's desire, God's will, meshed. And you know what happened. So they have to be aligned with God's uh, will. The main reason for God granting us the desires of our heart is that he would be glorified and there would be fruit for his kingdom. Another factor I talked about in granting the, God granting the desires of our heart is God's timing in granting those desires. God is sovereign and in control of everything. His ways are not ours. His time is not ours. His timing is not ours. God knows exactly when to grant those desires that align with his will. Now, we, have to, we may have to wait 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, one year. I don't know. God's in charge of all that. He's sovereign. He knows what's best for us and when it's best for us. God has a golden heart. He has a sensitivity to what is in his children's hearts and a willingness to give us the desires of our heart because he wants and knows whatever is best for us. So tonight I'd like to shift the focus from our Lord generously granting the desires of our heart to our willingness to grant the desires of God's heart for us. Different. It's not about our heart, it's about his heart. What is in God's heart that he desires for us? The desires of God's heart 
unlike the desires of our heart, are always pure, holy, and perfect. And I believe being sensitive to the desires of God's heart will bless us and bless all of those around us. So would you turn first to um, 1 Samuel 13. First Samuel 13, verse 13. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because you have not kept that which the Lord commanded you. Now this is the, as far as I know, this is the only place in Scripture where the phrase, a man after God's own heart, exists in the scriptures. Other versions read, a man pleasing to God in every way. The kind of man or woman that God wants. A man or woman who would be loyal to him. A man dear to his heart. A man or woman close to his heart. So God sought a man dear to his heart whose desires were close to the heart of God, a man whose desires would bless the heart of God, and David was that man. What was there about David that God sought him among all the men of Israel? David was respectful and obedient to his earthly father, He, as a lonely shepherd in the field, trusted God for his protection and survival. David displayed courage and bravery in protecting his flock from wild animals and conquering the great Goliath. David had a love for God and spoke about his love in the Psalms. David, as a young man, was totally satisfied In the Lord. David's desire was to honor God and serve the Lord in whatever capacity he placed him. And because of all this, God honored him to be the king of Israel. It was all that David did and said that touched the heart of God. The Bible says God sought him a man after his own heart. When the Lord looks at you or looks at me, does he say to himself, there is a man, there is a woman after my own heart. God desires and seeks his children who are dear to his heart. A man or woman who desires to be close to his heart and bless his heart like King David. 
Brothers and sisters, there are many things in this life that will capture our attention and our time, even our devotion. Our spouse, our children, our homes, our education, our profession, our health, our hobbies, our entertainments. As God's children, we should want our lives to matter to God and to our fellow man. But what really should matter to you and I, what should be our greatest desire in this life, is that we be pleasing to the Lord, a blessing to the Lord, and being dear and close to his heart. What does God need from you and I? He has everything. He has all the power in the universe, all the riches in the universe, all the wisdom in the universe, all the praises of millions of saints and angels in his heavenly kingdom. And yet, I believe God, as our heavenly Father, desires us, his children, to bless his heart, to be dear and close to his heart. We should desire whatever God desires from us, nothing more and nothing less. What an amazing honor, an amazing blessing, an amazing privilege for us mortal beings to live in such a way that we would be dear and close to the heart of the living God, Sometimes when I think about this, I can't even fathom it, but I know it's true. The idea that God has given us the ability, the desire, and the opportunity to be dear and close to his heart. God, the creator of the universe, the omnipotent, all-powerful God, the omniscient, all-knowing God, our God who is present everywhere and anywhere, would desire us, his children, to be close to his heart and to touch his heart. I pray every day, Lord, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to say, that's all I want. That's the desire of my heart. And I know if you and I will take the position that wherever God wants us to go, whatever he wants us to do, and whatever he wants us to say, if we comply with these desires of God, we will bless his heart. Now, throughout history, God's servants have been close to his heart. Abraham was dear to the heart of God by his willingness to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Rahab in Jericho by choosing to protect God's people and turned from her old lifestyle, touched God's heart. Ruth, by rejecting the gods of her nation, choosing to remain with God's people, demonstrated her desire to be close to God and God's people. Joshua and Caleb were sensitive to the desires of God's heart through their obedience and willingness to stand alone for God. So tonight I'd like to suggest some ways I believe we can and will be dear to the heart of God, remain close to his heart, and be the kind of man 
woman who is pleasing to God and a blessing to his heart. So turn to Matthew 22, please. Matthew twenty-two thirty-five. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, You shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Now, Jesus is not asking us to love his Father without providing us his own example. Everything Jesus did and said demonstrated his love for his heavenly Father. He willingly gave up his throne in heaven, all the glory he had in heaven, the magnificence of heaven, to come to this earth and live as a man. God the Father did not force Jesus to come. He came willingly. When he was 12 years old, his parents found him in the temple, confounding the doctors of the law with his wisdom. And he told his parents, I must be about my father's business. So from an early age, he was determined to love his heavenly father and fulfill the work his father gave him to do. At 33 33 years of age, he surrendered his heart, his soul, his mind, and his flesh, all that he was, to complete his father's will and die on a cross to save the lost souls of men and women. Jesus truly and sincerely loved his father and his father's will much more than his own will. Now, according to these words of Jesus in this Gospel of Matthew, God desires to be loved above everyone and anything on this earth. The Barnes Commentary reads this, Love God supremely, more than all other beings and things. Fix your affection supremely upon him, more strongly than on anything else, and be willing to give up all that we hold dear at his command, to devote all that we are to serving him, all that we say and do for his glory. Now, how will God know that we love him? There are many ways we can show the Lord that we love him. We can show him by the words that we speak, the deeds that we do, just like David and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Psalm 31, 23 reads, O love the Lord, all ye saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful. We love the Lord because he has promised to preserve all his faithful children. Psalm 97 reads, Ye that love the Lord hate evil. If we say, Lord, I love you with all my heart, we need to hate sin. Psalm 116 says, 
I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Lord, I love you because you listen when I call to you. Our words can bless the heart of God and cause us to be dear to his heart. How does my wife know that I love her? How do my children and grandchildren know I love them? I tell them. Every chance I get, I tell them how much I love them. How will God know we love him? We tell him. Every chance we get, we should tell the Lord how much we love him. We use the words and emotions God has given us to express our love for him. When do we tell God we love him? Throughout the day. In the morning when we rise. In the midday when we're out and about. In the evening when we relax. And at bedtime when we tuck our bodies under the covers. We should tell the Lord and express to the Lord our love for him. At all times we should express our love for the Lord. I could probably spend the rest of this message on reasons for us to express our love to and for God. But one thing I do know and say is this. I believe we can and will be dear to God's heart and remain close to God's heart by expressing our love for him through our words, through our praise and worship, and the way we live. Jesus says in verse 39 here, The second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus said the second commandment is like the first commandment. The second commandment demonstrates our desire to bless the heart of God, to touch his heart by the things that we do. Our love for God will show itself by the love we give to our neighbor. Turn to Luke chapter 10, please. Verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? What do you read? He answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, strength, mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, You've answered right. This do, and you shall live. But he, willing to justify himself, said to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Jesus said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at that place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he had 
compassion on him and went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to the inn and took care of him. And if we go down to verse 37 or 36, Now which of these three thinkest thou, Jesus asked the lawyer, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showeth mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do likewise. Brothers and sisters, our neighbor is anyone who is hurting, troubled, beaten down by this life, wounded and captive to the God of this world. God expects us to have compassion on them and do everything within our ability to help them and lead them to Jesus. The lawyer, when asked by Jesus who was the man's neighbor, said, He who showed mercy. Jesus said, Go and do likewise. Now, we don't know if this lawyer went and did likewise. But we, in 2022, we need to go and do likewise. To have compassion on lost souls and bind up their wounds. 1 John 5 says, We love God because he first loved us. We can only love others the way God wants us to love them because he first demonstrated his love and gave his love to you and I. We didn't deserve God's love. We didn't deserve God's forgiveness or God's acceptance. No one did. But he loved us first because God is love. God wants to love those who are hurting, troubled, beaten down by this life because we too were hurting, troubled, and beaten down by this life. We too were captives of the God of this world and our flesh. God wants to love those who are unworthy and unlovable because we too were unworthy of God's love and unlovable. God wants us to love and forgive those who have hurt us or treated us badly because we too have hurt others and have treated others badly. In this world of turmoil and hopelessness, we need to do all we can to alleviate the suffering and go out of our way to help others and persuade them that God loves them and God cares about them. This pandemic we're experiencing, our failed government and government leaders, the economy that's faltering, the sins of this nation, and the turmoil in this world may be out of our control. But we have the ability to control our own lives and to demonstrate acts of kindness to hurting people like the Good Samaritan in this parable. We have the ability to bring a ray of sunshine to people. We can be channels of God's love to others. There's a song called Channels Only. Lyrics read as like this. How I praise thee, precious Savior, 
that your love laid hold of me. You saved and cleansed me and filled me. Just a channel full of blessing to the thirsty hearts around to tell of thy full salvation. Channels only, Master, but with all thy wondrous power flowing through us. Thou can use us every day and every hour. Brothers and sisters, if we love God and love those whom God loves, we will allow God to use us as a channel, as a conduit of his love to others, loving them as our neighbor, as ourself. One thing that's becoming clear and clearer to me each and every day is our need to be bold, our need to pray for divine appointments. We should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We should reach out to anyone God puts in our path to share his love and his salvation. I believe we will remain close and dear to God's heart and be a blessing to God's heart by showing love to others as God loves them. Turn to Luke 17, please. Luke 17, verse 12. And he entered a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? They are not found that return to glory, give glory to God, save this stranger. And he sent unto him, Arise, go your way, you, your faith has made thee whole. One leper looked at his diseased body and saw that his skin was cleaned of all leprosy. It was gone. He was a new man. No longer did he need to approach people and cry, unclean, unclean. He could now get married and have a family. He now had a future. Instead of crying out with a loud voice, unclean, unclean, as a leper was required to do, he now cried out with a loud voice, glorifying God. And he fell at the feet of Jesus, giving Jesus thanks. The heart of this cleansed leper was overflowing with gratitude and thankfulness. His heart was bubbling over for what Jesus had done for him. He couldn't keep it to himself. He shouted it out. Jesus has cleansed all of us of our leprosy. 
our leprosy of sin and made us a new man or a new woman with new goals in life, a bright future ahead of us, and heaven waiting for our entrance. Are we like this leper bubbling over for what Jesus has done in our life? Or are we keeping quiet about what Jesus has done for us? People need to hear about Jesus, who miraculously cleansed us of our sin. Jesus expects us, who have been cleansed by his blood, to always be thankful and grateful. Jesus is our model of thankfulness. When his father raised Lazarus from the dead, Jesus said, Father, I thank thee. You have heard me. In Luke 10, Jesus speaking to his heavenly father says, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hid these things from the wise and prudent, revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, it seemed good in thy sight. Brothers and sisters, these are only a few of the scriptures where Jesus thanks his heavenly father and expresses his gratitude. But I have to believe that every moment Jesus walked on this earth, every time he went off by himself to pray, gratitude and thankfulness poured from his heart to his heavenly Father's heart. In Numbers chapter 11, we read, We remember the fish we did eat in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic, But now our soul is dried away. There's nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. God's people were never satisfied. They were truly unthankful and ungrateful. And the Bible said the Lord's anger was greatly aroused against them. The enemy wants us to complain, not to be satisfied with God's provision for us, to think to ourselves, it would be better if I was back in the world, valuing what this life offered me before I came to Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we need to always have a heart of gratitude and thankfulness. God has given us so much more than we deserve to be thankful for and grateful for. Are we thankful? Are we grateful for the food on our table? that God has placed there and provides each day, or the roof he's placed over our heads, the heat that we have in our homes during the winter, and for the air conditioning during the hot summer months, for the vehicles he's given us for transportation. Are we thankful? Are we grateful? Are we thankful for the breath in our lungs this day, for our health he's given us? Each day is a gift from God, another day to love him and serve him. People die at all ages for all reasons. Are we thankful for the strength God gives us each day, for the wisdom he gives us? Are we thankful for his word that he has graciously provided for us? There's a story I read about a Christian farmer who went into the city to have lunch. When his food was served, he bowed his head and prayed to thank God. A young man saw him praying and loudly and disrespectfully asked him, Does everyone in the country pray where you live? 
The farmer replied, the pigs don't pray. The pigs don't pray because the pigs can't pray, but we can pray. Brothers and sisters, are we thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from our leprosy, for the embarrassing sin in our life, and his victory over the devil who tried to destroy us? We used to sing in this church, we haven't sung that song in a while, white as snow, white as snow, though your sins be as scarlet, Lord, I know, Lord, I know that I am free and forgiven through the power of your blood, through the wonder of your love, through faith in you, I know that I can be white as snow, white as snow. One of the devotionals I read by a man named Jeremy Taylor on the topic of gratitude or thankfulness said, I fell into the hands of thieves, but I'm left with the sun, the moon, fire, water, a loving wife, children, a good conscience, all the promises of God, the hope of heaven, all the natural beauties of creation, and in God himself. What more do I need? First Chronicles 25, 29 reads, But who am I and what is my people, that we should be able to offer willingly, for all things come from you, Lord? I believe we can and will be dear and close to the heart of God, by expressing our gratitude to him for all that he has done for us and continues to do for us each and every day. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. One of my favorite scriptures. Verse 1. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble you, prove you, to know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled thee, suffered thee to hunger, fed thee with manna, which you knew not, neither did thy fathers know, that he may make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord does man live. Your raiment wax not old upon you, neither did thy feet swell these forty years. Shortly after I gave my life to Jesus Christ, God woke me up. It was probably four months after I gave my life to Jesus. He woke me up at four o'clock in the morning, and he said, go read Deuteronomy chapter 8. I didn't even know where Deuteronomy was. But I looked in the table of contents, and I found the book, 
and read these few verses. In these verses, God is reminding his people that for 40 years, he led them. For 40 years, he tested them by humbling them. He fed them with manna, bread from heaven. Their clothing never wore out and their feet never swelled. Through all the tests that came upon God's people, he was with them to provide for them every step of the way. He humbled them, not to determine if they would praise him, not to determine if they would love him, not to determine if they would worship him, but would they obey him? Brothers and sisters, it's a long road to the promised land, to our final destination. Christianity is not a three- or four-year commitment like military service, and then we're released to our private life. Christianity is a long road, a lifetime commitment to Jesus Christ and his will for us. And in our lifetime, God will test us. The tests are varied, but I guarantee you the tests will come. Our faithfulness will be tested. Our victory over temptation and sin will be tested. We will be tested by sickness, sorrow, and pain. We will be tested by our children, by our spouse. We will be tested by God's word. We may even be tested with death. Our frustration level will be tested. Our patience will be tested. God wants to know how we will react to the challenges and tests of this life. Will we continue to faithfully obey him? Could the test that come upon you and I be any greater than the test that God allowed to come on his precious son? Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. He is despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before his shearers is dumb. He openeth not his mouth. Brothers and sisters, the tests of this life pale in comparison to the tests that our Savior had to endure. Samuel said, Hath the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Brothers and sisters, we can sacrifice our time, our money, our energy into the church of God. And that is all good, and God expects that from us. But his main concern is that we obey him and his word. Psalm 109 reads, The word of the Lord tested them. Joshua 24 reads, And if it seem evil, Unto you to serve the Lord, 
Choose who you will serve this day. The gods that your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua's obedience to the Lord and his word, Joshua's obedience to Moses throughout their lifetime, brought great blessing to Joshua and the people of Israel. God used Joshua to bring his people into the land that God had promised to his people. Young brothers and sisters in this church, you will be tested. Your faith will be tested. Your emotions will be tested. Your sincerity for God will be tested. Remain close to the heart of God. Be dear to the heart of God like Joshua. Be obedient, and I guarantee you God will reward you with future blessings in your life, blessings that you can't even begin to imagine this day. Jeremiah 7 reads, Obey me, and I will be your God. King George V wrote in his Bible, The secret of happiness is not to do what you like to do, but to learn to like what you have to do. Joshua was close to the heart of God through his obedience. We, too, can be close to the heart of God and dear to the heart of God through our obedience. I'm not sure I can get through the rest of this. So, I'll save it for next time because the Lord has put on my heart a number of ways in which we can meet the desires of God's heart. We can satisfy the desires of God's heart. Not our hearts, his heart. And I hope in the future to be able to express those things to you. What I was going to start, what I was going to do tonight is I believe we can be dear and close to the heart of God through our humility. But that's about three or four pages, so I don't want to take all the time. But we get close to, in summary, we get close to God's heart by expressing our love for him through our words and actions, by loving others as God loves them, by being grateful and thankful to him, by being obedient to his word and his voice, So tonight I've given you a few things to consider that I believe will cause us to draw closer to the heart of God. God has a very, very big heart. And I believe there are more ways that God has given us to be like David, a man after God's heart. And hopefully in the future I'll be able to share those ways with you. So thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. I thank you that you have placed a desire in our hearts to touch your heart, to be pleasing to your heart, to be a blessing to your heart, to be close to your heart, and to honor you with our lives. And I pray for all of this in the name, power, blood, and authority of your precious Son, Jesus Christ. And they all said, Amen. Thank you. Have a good night.
God bless you.